for this. What is nothing? Yeah, that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? What is something? That's deep, bro. Oh, welcome to That's Deep, bro. Hi, it's me. It's Christina. Um... Very exciting. A lot of cool stuff coming up in the fall. I will be going out on tour. Uh, but one-nighters only, bro. One-nighters only. I'm doing September 27th in Seattle, Washington at the Tacoma Comedy Club. I'm at the Comedy Club. Uh, September 28th, Portland, Oregon at the Helium Comedy Club. October 4th. Dallas Tejas at Hyenas Comedy Club. October 5th, Houston, Texas, The Secret Group. October 23rd, uh, Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, Morty's Comedy Club. And then October 24th, Cincinnati, Ohio, the famous city where I had my Cincinnati fart. I'll be going back there October 24th to pay homage to it. I'll also be doing stand-up at Go Bananas Comedy Club. And then, you know, let's December 9th and 10th, I'll be in Washington, D.C. at the D.C. Improv. But that's a, that's a lot in the future. But who knows when you get around to listening to this, you know? It's, it's not like you... <laughs> it's not like I drop the episode and you're like, I gotta, I gotta hear it right away. I don't know, maybe. But I don't know. I don't know. Also, uh, if you do your shopping, please use... Uh, my Amazon banner to do your shopping online on amazon.com. Uh, what that means is go to that's deep bro podcast.com, click on the banner at the bottom of every post and uh, just do your shopping as you normally would. And it just helps the show kicks back some change. You know what I'm saying? Helps you helps, uh, helps your mommy. <laughs> that's a different show, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> whatever it's all it's all good it all blends it all it all bleeds together it's uh that's how i roll don't tell me okay here we go sorry guys um this is technical technical difficulties okay okay here we go so this week i was um gosh a lot, lot of go, lots going on as, as you know from last week if you listen to that uh, you know that my son Ellis was baptized and I had a, uh, the epiphany that my dad, unfortunately, is a bit of a Reese Bobby from Talladega Nights. If you haven't seen Talladega Nights, you better get your entire life because it's I, one of the funniest, silliest movies. I love it. I love John C. Riley. Obviously, Will Ferrell's uh, hilarious too and um, Sasha Baron Cohen's in it. <laughs> plays like the foreign uh, French Formula One driver. Which they're they're all totally homophobic over, and uh, it's so funny, dude. It's so, I've seen the movie like a hundred times. I just I used to watch it on a loop back in was it two thousand eight or seven when it came out. I don't know. Uh, but it got it got me into thinking about the eighties, and I just oh, do you guys remember Shaka Khan? If you don't know who Shaka Khan is, <laughs> you probably weren't a child in the eighties because. I mean, she's like the coolest, right? I mean, do you remember Breakin', little movie about oh break dancing? I don't know. I think we, I think we got to break into. Let's do it. Let's let's break dance into today. That's what's up. All right, let me. 
Can I do it? All right, let's try. Let me see. Here we go. Let's do a little shocker con. <laughs> if my computer stops pinwheeling for just chuck, 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 oh, chuck, 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 here it goes, man. Chuck, 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 let's break it. Chuck, chuck, Electric boogaloo. Electric boogaloo. Oh, Child of the 80s, that you did not perfect your moonwalk, bros. Oh shit! You could do the worm. No, girl, I couldn't do the worm. That was hard because then you had to get down on the dirty ass floor. But the boys in my class, they like to do the worm. About oh, you bring your cardboard to school. That's what's up. Maybe some fingerless gloves. Break dancing, don't you? God, that was so fucking cool. Not like I could ever do it. I mean, maybe I could moonwalk <laughs> barely, barely. But then there was like that propeller move, you know, like the back spin, right? Oh shit! Some kid would get down on his back and turn Shakan down and spin around and do the, the propeller. <laughs> so dangerous. I remember there was a big thing in the eighties. The kids were. Breaking their backs, trying to break dance, the dangerous world of break dancing. Maybe it had something to do with a lot of the break dancers being black. Is that why? Is that why it was so dangerous for us white children? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But I remember I grew up watching the movie Breaking. It was on um, cable TV like every 10 minutes. And then there was Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo. And that was an even bigger piece of shit than the first one. But what was cool about Breakin' was that there was a guy named Turbo and a guy named Ozone. And those two were like real bad motherfuckers who could break dance. Like, you know, they just plucked those guys off the streets where they were dancing and they're like, you're going to be in this crazy movie. They're, I'm, I'm sure they're professional, you know, crazy, talented, legit break dancers. And it's always the storyline of like, we're going to do a, a, the different side of the track story where the white girl who's a jazz dancer 
she's going to have to learn all these moves from the street guys. And it's, you know, how, how's that going to happen? <laughs> and they still do those piece of shit, you know, wrong side of the track movies. I think Julia Stiles, didn't she do it too? You know, she moves into the neighborhood and, you know, it's a big deal that she's hanging out with the black guy who can dance and all this stupid shit. It's so funny. These I love these dance movies. I don't watch them now. Like I know there's a bunch, and there are like a bunch of new ones about singing and dancing. It's, but I, I, I just, I don't know. It, it's, it's beyond, I don't have time to watch this stuff now, even though I totally would. Cause I, I love all this crap, but, but breaking was great. Uh, cause they, this, I mean, look, if you do anything in your life, Google turbo, turbo, uh, dancing with the broom. There's a crazy break dancing scene. This kid does with a, a broom in like a convenience store. And you're like, how the fuck? I mean, these kids just like, just started doing this stuff. That's why it was, it seemed so much more organic back back in this day like it's just made up moves they're like this is called the fuck the chicken wing and you're like what this is called the i don't know this is called the pencil and you're like <laughs> all right i don't know but that's how that's what we did you learned all these silly dances and i'm sure kids are still doing that stupid shit right that and chinese jump rope i'm sure that's very politically incorrect now i'm sure they don't call it chinese jump rope today that's I don't know what the fuck they call it, but but that was fun too, right? Remember Chinese jump rope? You and your friends try to learn that shit. There's so many so many rules to being a kid. So there we go, breaking electric boogaloo. What was cool about break dancing though is that when I grew up here in LA, there was a place called Venice Beach, and it's very famous. And if you watch the Fletch movies, there's uh they always he was always in Venice Beach. Fletch Chevy Chase used to play his character and. Uh, back in the day when I was a kid, Venice Beach was a a dump. It was so gross. It was full of drug dealers and and um, that like bad elements, just kind of rough. And 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 meatheads that would lift weights in Muscle Beach and and lunatics who would juggle chainsaws and break dancers. And my dad would take me down there every other you know in the summertime. We'd go a lot. And you just smell dope in the air. Someone's smoking a dube. And I'm sure you can still smell that today there. But there were just crazy breakdancers, these street kids doing really, really cool shit. And, uh, and skateboarders too, of course. That was a fun time. I don't know. I don't think they're allowed to do that now. Are they? I'm sure you have to get some special permits. Life is very dangerous now, guys. There's somebody's going to be held liable, and there's going to be a lawsuit, and you can't you can't have fun in public. Things are too dangerous in America. Too dangerous. Which is so it's so funny to me now. Um, just because like I, I remember visiting Hungary when I was 14 years old, and uh, communism had just ended, and I remember going to. Uh, uh, park there called Vidam Park. It's like their Disneyland or whatever. And it was so shitty. I'm sure by now they have much better stuff, but this is in the early nineties. And, uh, I remember being at this park and like there, I went on the roller coaster. It was like made of wood and rusted ass iron. And the roller coaster didn't even stop to let you on. It just slowed down a lot. <laughs> And then you had to just, the person that was in it had to jump out of it. And then you had to jump in the roller coaster. And there was no, I was like, where's the lap bar? There's no lap bar. You just hold on. 
Like there's a bar, but it was like in front of you, like where your hands are. There was nothing to even push down into your lap. And I was like, oh, this is a really scary roller coaster. This is, this is the Eastern Bloc roller coaster. This is some real fear. This is a Soviet fear. <laughs> but guess what? If you got killed on that roller coaster, there's nobody to sue. You think the Hungarians gave a fuck if you died? Hell no, dude. No, because there's no such no no litigious society. There's no such thing as as uh, suing over uh, over some shit you let happen. You know, like that mom that that. Oh my god, what's that? Was it a what? What just killed a kid? Was it a gorilla? They killed a gorilla. This is a while back. Um, you know, and and uh, I mean, it's a horrible story that the kid falls into the animal's cage at a zoo, but like. You know, on the other hand, like I said, growing up as an Eastern blocker, I mean, <laughs> you think anybody in, in Hungary would give a fuck if you dropped your kid in the animal's cage? They'd be like, well, it's your fault. You let the kid fall. <laughs> don't, you know, hold on to your kid. <laughs> now, I don't know the particulars of that story. I, I think I tuned out immediately uh, because I have a life to lead and I have my own kid to watch after, uh, you know, so... I don't know the particulars. Don't fucking email me and tell me what happened. I don't care. I don't care. The point is that you got to look out for yourself. You got to look out that you got to look out for yourself. Right. That's, that's it. That's number one. Hold on. I got to get a LaCroix out of my tiny fridge. I have a tiny fridge under my desk because I like to drink a lot of fluids. Hold on. I'm going to get myself a LaCroix. LaCroix. Oh my God. Is that even how you say it? Nah. My fridge is empty. Somebody stole my LaCroix. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Anyways, I, I'm, I'm, I'm moving on with my life. So what are we talking about? We're talking about uh, last week. There, I found a bottle of water. So last week, uh, I had the epiphany that I may have a Reese Bobby of a father. And um, it's, you know, it's so interesting because... I think and think in life sometimes you know stuff, right? You know stuff and then and then you have a, a kid or you something changes in your life and um <clears throat> I don't know, I let's just get specific. I think when you have kids, what happens is you see stuff happening to your kids that happened to you. And all of a sudden you start to go, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 what is happening here? What <laughs> who what? Um, and I think that's what happens. What's happening now with me and my, my father is uh, I'm starting to see the stuff that happened to me. And it, I think that's why, you know, that's another part of having children that, that freaks you out. It's not, it's the day to day stuff, caring for a living, excuse me, being, but um, it's also the psychological part of it, the emotional part of it of realizing there may have been some gaps in in the way you were raised that you don't particularly want to uh, give to your children. You don't want to pass on the same heartaches and the same traumas and the same nonsense that you had to grow up with. And, you know, at least it's been my my journey and my work to make sure that I, I was straight, straight in my head, right in my head as much as I could be before I, I made another person. Um, and there is no such thing as being perfect. I know that. There's no such thing as... Um, being totally fixed, I don't. I don't think you ever get fixed if you have some stuff that you that you deal with in your past. You don't. I think what happens is the wound gets a little less 
charged. And when you're, you know, when something happens that reminds you of that time, you get a little, it's a, it's a little less and less shitty every time you go through it. You, you, you feel it, but it's not as charged. It's not as, um, not as visceral of a, of a reaction. Right. And that, that is why you go to therapy and why you talk with somebody who can help you get through stuff. You don't, don't just rely on your friends because they're as fucked up as you are. Right. Isn't that, isn't that we, uh, didn't we uh, learn that from Dan Pena? Right. You can't, uh, you know, hold on. I got to get Dan Pena queued up. You put a number by every fucking person that you emailed, Skype fucked, tweet fucked, link fucked. Yep. And what one of your goals (laughs) on this other side of the paper they have anything to do with? Thank you, Dan. Exactly. I mean, how many friends can you Skype fuck, link fuck, uh, tell your shit to, and it doesn't help. You got to go to somebody who knows... Uh, what the fucking problem, how to solve your problem. The point is, listen, uh, so we had the baptism last week and it was beautiful. It was so, so special and wonderful. And, you know, someone emailed asking me if I was religious and they were surprised that I baptized my kid. Listen, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a religious, uh, person. I, 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 not 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 in a traditional way. I do I you know what though? I here's what I do believe in. I, I believe in a tradition. I believe in um belonging to something bigger than myself. I love that feeling. I love no having an identity culturally. And and do I agree with everything you know the church does? No, of course not. I I don't agree with everything anything anyone does or says. Because no, there's no perfect system. There's no perfect government. There's no perfect person. There's no perfect religion. There's nothing. So you take you take the good stuff and and I, look. I know this is sacrilege, but I I take what I like and I discard what I don't. And I on I really I don't know how people get through life without something bigger to lean into. Because look, the world is a fucked up, scary place sometimes, and life is uncertain and. Um, that's just the truth. And sometimes you don't know what the fuck to do about it. And uh, sometimes just having something bigger than you to to have as an idea, as a whatever helps. So there you go. Am I strict anything? No. And I, and I will say this. I studied, I studied philosophy, as we all know, blah, blah, blah. And I, I studied a whole year. I did at Oxford and I studied every proof for the existence of God. True story. I spent an entire two semesters studying uh, basically medieval and Renaissance philosophy. And I read every proof for the existence of God. And they're all easily, you know, disproved because it's a logic problem. It's not uh, an emotional problem. It's not... Um, it's not a, 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 an experiential problem. It's a it's a logic. It's a word game. These proofs for the existence of God, and, and basically, there is no um, there's no way to prove it verbally. You know, and honestly, at the end of the day, I think it's more illogical to deny the possibility, even the possibility of there being a God. I think that's I think that's more unreasonable. Um. 
than you know I, I i think just saying like no it doesn't exist is just as unreasonable as people who are zealous and and want to control everyone else's decisions in america and not allow abortions and this and that not allow gay people to get married and want to keep everything crazy right wing you know it's 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 illogical to, to deny the possibility of god it's it's that's just as irrational so there you go uh, I don't know. Pick your uh, pick your religion and uh, go for it. That's what I say. It can't hurt. It certainly can't hurt. <laughs> it can't hurt unless it makes you feel bad. I think that's the thing. If you if you're in a religion or you grew up in a religion that makes you feel bad, then God, don't do it. By by all means, don't do it. But I will say that when I was a really fucked up high schooler, and I was 14 years old and suicidal and. I hated life and I wanted to die and I was goth and angry that I got kicked out of this public school and my mother one day pulls up, <sighs> pulls up, she picks me up from, from school the day I'm essentially kicked out. I had, I had failed out of the school cause I decided not to go. I was getting into fights and I didn't want to go. Uh, sounds pretty reasonable to me. <laughs> I didn't like the school I was going to here in LA. I was getting into fights. You can watch Ari Shafir's This Is Not Happening to hear the whole story, the comedic version of it anyway. And yeah, I just said one day, I'm not going somewhere where I feel threatened. I feel unhappy. Um, and I didn't like it. And I failed. I just, I just didn't go to school. <laughs> And I remember, so my mother pulls up one day and she picks me up and she shows me a brochure for this Catholic school and she goes, do you want to go here? Expecting me probably, I think she was trying to threaten me or something. And I took one look at the brochure and it was for an all-girls Catholic school and it looked like heaven. I mean, there was a Virgin Mary in the front, a fountain, pictures of nice girls and backpacks and uniforms and you know, nuns and green, you know, lawns and, and everyone looked happy. And I thought, of course I want to go here. Anything's better than the hell of my existence in public school. Are you kidding me? You can't even put down your fucking book bag because it's going to get stolen in two seconds. I mean, I was going to school in prison, basically. <laughs> I, I, I was, I, you know, shit. So yeah, I went to this Catholic school and I absolutely loved it. And I know that that's not common, but I loved the structure. I loved the nuns. They were kind. I mean, of course, you've got your grumpers, your little grumposauruses and the max, because they were Irish and they were old and, you know, come on, they're nuns. That's their job. But um, I just loved it. I loved that I knew what to expect every day, and I I loved wearing a uniform because it took the pressure off of being goth and cool every day. I hate. I still hate picking out clothes. I think uniforms are the way to go. God, I wish I could just wear you know mechanics coveralls. What my dad used to wear to his shop every day. That's the uniform. I'd love to wear that. Um, but I thrived. I thrived in that. I you know it's not so much praying every day, but it. And going to church, I didn't really enjoy sitting in mass or anything, but it's nice. It gave me like a comfort, comfortable feeling to see Virgin Mary statues and not so much the, the suffering Christ. I, I really don't know how that became 
the uh, the imagery for profound love and forgiveness is the tortured, uh, twisted body, broken body of Jesus on a cross with the the nails, you know, piercing his wrists. By the way, and we learned that in Catholic school, it was actually through Jesus's wrists that the nails went, so that way he wouldn't fall off the cross. We learned that, and it was the Romans who crucified Jesus, not the Jews, from what I uh, remember in Catholic school. Um, yeah, I didn't like the suffering Christ. Uh, I never, and I never understood some particulars of the story, like how his death redeems my uh, sins. I don't know about that stuff, but uh, yeah, anyway. That's my story. My parents are Catholic, so guess what? I grew up in that uh, tradition. And some of it's great. Some of it sucks. There you go. What do you want from me? Hey, one dog goes this way, one dog goes that way. So on the, on the, on the wake of my, uh, my Reese Bobby dad revelation, because I think in the back of my mind, I knew somewhere that, that uh, is a, Reese, a bit of a Reese, Reese tendencies, uh, you know, I, uh, you, you start to feel bad for your kid because you see it happening over and over. Um, and, and, and it got me to thinking about just being sad. And I know that in this culture, it's like, you're not supposed to feel stuff because that's bad. There's Lexapro, there's, pills there's exercise and makeup and instagram and the kardashians and you should buy all the stuff to cover up the bad feelings um because if you buy enough stuff and if you're if you're fit and if you have a six-pack abs and if you have a lot of friends uh, the whole of your childhood the hole in your heart will somehow be magically cured and the the bummer of this of it of it all is is that no matter what you buy no matter what you do no matter who you love no matter who you fight with no matter what drugs you take uh you will always have uh, a hole in your heart boom <laughs> and that goes for almost i'm from what i understand every human being not just me i think it's everybody who's ever lived for whatever, it's a human condition. I think that's part of the human condition, right? Jean-Paul Sartre would define existence as being inherently fucked. Isn't that what he said? Uh, and that's part of the fuckery of being a person is that um, you're going to feel fucked up from time to time. And, and I know in our culture you're not supposed to and you're supposed to avoid it at all costs. Now, that's not to diminish people that are on some kind of antidepressant. I'm not saying that if you're clinically depressed and then if you have issues that really, that you need the the cloud lifted temporarily to deal with, I totally advocate the use of drugs, obviously. But what I'm saying is, um, at the end of the day, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna feel fucked up a lot. And, um, and so, um, I went to go, I, I meditated, which I like to do from time to time. And I, I went to this meditation place that I go to. It was a very LA place. Um, I just love it. <laughs> I love it. You know what I think? I think guys, guys, if you want to meet 
um, girls who like vegan diets who are mostly in shape. A lot of these women I see are in much better shape than me in their yoga pants. They're all coming from the gym. Um, a lot of good looking older ladies, if you're into that sort of thing, go find like one of these new AG meditation centers in LA. Cause there's always like one dude in the class. And I always think to myself, this is the place. If you want to pick up on probably some loosey goosey chicks who are open-minded and into tantric sex, go to the meditation centers. So I go to this place and so it's a guest lady who uh, does the meditation. I usually like my Sam, but she wasn't there. There's a different lady, and she had a British accent, which, I mean, come on, you know, you could talk about taking a dump, but if it's in a British accent, it sounds amazing. I, for some, it's so calming to me. I just love it. I love, oh, and this English lady was talking and, and she didn't talk too much in the meditation, so there was nowhere for me to go with her. Sometimes they give a guided one, and then you you go on a journey and you work on and whatever it is they want you to work on kind of that day. But this day was totally silent, um, which is, it's so funny how things kind of happen that way, isn't it? Where you you kind of need that, like you kind of go somewhere and then something happens just the way you need it to happen. And this was the day like I needed to just shut the fuck up. I needed to just sit and feel, which is terrifying for me because I, I hate feelings. I fucking hate them. I hate uh, dealing with bad thoughts and feelings. I don't, I've gotten better over the years um, as a result of aggressive psychotherapy, but I don't like it. I don't, I'm not a feely person. Um, I like to keep my relationships <laughs> a little at, at arm's length. There are very few people who I consider very close to me. And, you know, it's just how I roll, man. I, most comedians, I think, would agree that it's just not our, it's not our lane. It's hard. Um, anyways, dudes, so I'm fucking meditating, bro. And I'm like getting into it. And I'm like, um, it's so crazy. Cause I don't really cry. I'm not a big crier either. I cry like twice a year and, uh, I just fucking, I'm sitting there and, and I just start bawling in this meditation room and, uh, you know, I can hear everybody around me and, and I'm like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. They're all, I hope nobody sees me and I'm not loud or anything. I'm not like making sounds or nothing, but, but really, um, really got me thinking about that of just allowing, allowing, uh, sadness to just pass through, you know, just to say hello and acknowledge it and let it come and not fight it so hard. Cause I, I think that's where a lot of our human problems come from is the pushing away of the sadness, the trying to block it. Right. Oh shit. Here comes that bad thought. Here comes that bad thought. Here comes a bad feeling, bad feeling. Bad feeling. I got to go eat something. I got to go, I got to go buy something. I got to go fix this. I got to go correct this now, 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 now. Cause I don't want to feel a bad thing. If I feel a bad thing, my whole world will fall apart and I'm going to go back to being 14 years old where I was, you know, depressive and weird. And, ah, I'm going to lose control. And that's the, that's the fear, right? When the bad thoughts, the bad, everybody has this, everybody, every human being, that's why alcohol is is um, is 
the cells in in such quantity and why pot and why drugs and why eating is such a big deal. Why the fattest fucking nation? Um, I'm sure it's not just because we're depressed, but it's part of it. <laughs> and um, and yeah, and what a revelation to just be able to sit and be upset and uh, fully be upset and to fully cry and to fully acknowledge one's sadness is pretty rad. And and the best part is that, you know, there's a time limit on this meditation. It's not like I could sit there for hours and cry, and I didn't want to anyways. It's 30 minutes. And then the bell rings, and then, you know, you get up and you you go eat your sandwich, and you go home and or go to back to work or you know, you keep doing your shit. Um, but yeah, I don't really, I should probably do that more. Cause I crying, I get so afraid of crying. <laughs> I start, I talk myself into a lather. Like I, I was so funny how much it's like with vomiting. I have this weird thing about vomiting. I, I, I would, I would rather die than vomit. And, 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 and actually one of my greatest fears of being pregnant wasn't the birth. It was the first trimester because there was a chance that I could vomit. <laughs> and it's funny when I the last time I had to vomit, like I would just hold it and hold it and hold it and hold it and hold it, and I was like, oh, finally I gave in. And then you feel so much better once you do when you're sick. <laughs> just like crying, right? You feel better <sighs> once you do. But man, is it scary just to get there? For me, anyways, God, I don't like feeling stuff, that's for sure. Anyways, we had this great party at the house and, um, uh, a lot of my family came who I really enjoyed and a lot of Tom's family came who I really enjoyed. And it's not that these people have changed. You know, we were, Tom and I were commenting on, oh gosh, you know, there's no drama on this, uh, this party. There was no like family blowouts and, and I didn't fight with anybody and there was no throwing of any glassware or like shit like that. And, um, and I got to thinking like, well, yeah, it's not that I invited better people. I mean, these are still people that have their issues and everything, but I think you just, um, you know, when you're not activated by shit, <laughs> that's like a huge thing. Like just not acknowledging people's uh, shitty parts really helps. And uh, I have this wonderful aunt who, I don't know how she snuck into my demon seed family, but she's like a sweet lady. She's like a fairly normal sweet aunt. I've only got one. And she, um, she said something to me at the party and I was like blown away. She goes, you know, this is what life's all about. Just family gatherings. <laughs> I think my brain just exploded. And I was like, how did you get in my family? Like, did you, cause she married in, uh, to, to a turd uncle. And, um, I'm like, this is just, this is so crazy that you that she said that because I never thought about it. I'd actually never put that together because I never really, we never did that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I think we just didn't, we didn't get together a whole lot, uh, you know, for whatever reason. And um, And then you get older and you're like, well, yeah, what else is there? You know, there's someone's baptism. There's someone's birthday that comes up. There's a you know, a baby shower, a graduation, a this and that and the other. And you don't have to go to all of them, of course, but, but, uh, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to have a sense of, of belonging to something. Right. 
but only if they're good people. You don't have to hang out with the turds. <laughs> and oddly enough, the turds get kind of flushed down, don't they? Uh, the turds, they do show up sometimes, but you just don't give them any energy and they just disappear. That's kind of the neat part about turds in your family. <laughs> That's the thing is you just don't engage them, you know? When they come up, and they always do, they're just looking for drama. They're looking for someone to latch into. You know that, right? They're looking for someone to hook into to create drama. And if you don't have the receptacle for the hook, then guess what? They can't do their drama on you. And the the whole thing ends. The whole dance uh, stops, right? They're just working out their nonsense, and you're working out your nonsense, and hopefully the two of you don't collide into some weird nonsense battle. Because that's all it is in life, right? You're you're hooking up with other people's nonsense, other people's stuff. So there. But that was a crazy epiphany I had. Like, oh, shit, yeah, this would be nice (laughs) to do uh, with people I liked. That's the key, too. Just surround yourself with people you like. Don't don't hang out with the losers, man. Right? So Dan Dan Pena says, you want to hang out with some uh, mealy-mouthed, cunt no no of course not let's hear it i don't want to hang out with mealy mouth cunts i don't want i don't give a fuck if these pee heads watching this thing uh like me you said they're either gonna love you or hate you i knew which one it would be <laughs> yep all my life all my life i've been this way and all my life people love me and respect me there you go if you're in a foxhole, mm-hmm. who do you want in a fucking foxhole with you, Brian? Dan, I want you. You want some mealy-mouthed cunt, nope. politically correct asshole? <laughs> or you want somebody that's going to rip their head off and shit down their neck? That's what I'm talking about. Cunt, mealy-mouthed asshole. You know what's so funny about the political correctness stuff? By the way, can we take a joke? My uh, The documentary I narrated comes out July 29th in theaters, limited release. And then uh, it'll be available for download on iTunes August like. Second or first, I believe, and you can pre-order it now. I recommend it. <clears throat> By the way, with the political correctness stuff, it, it changes every decade or so. What's off limits, um, and then it goes. It, it's cyclical. So if you're upset about something now, don't worry. In ten years, it'll come around, and you can be upset about it again, or it'll remix into some new form of upset that uh, you can get uh, mad about then. So there you go. That's so funny, the PC police. Ay, 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 ay. Who cares, right? Who fucking cares? So, oh, I was going to share something cool with you guys. There is a website I found for moms listening called Punky Moms. I think it's Punky Moms. Let me see. Anyway, I was like Googling um, good good mom uh, blogs and websites because I find them to be fucking lame. I don't... Um, I just don't find anything I'm really relating to. And if you know of any that are cool, please email me. That's deeprobepodcast at gmail.com. Because I just, the cult of motherhood in America, it's, it's, it's bizarre. And there's, there's so fucking stupid and dishonest. And, uh, and and we're still kind of in the fifties. It's weird. Like we, we've reclaimed motherhood, which is great. Like a lot of women are, really proud to be like, oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom and I I love my kid. Like, it's cool. But at the other, there's still like this thing of you have to lose all your baby weight right away and, and look like a Kardashian. And, and um, 
<laughs> this nonsense about breasts. Like, what are you talking about? Just feed your fucking kid however you want to. Just do it. Deal with it. But anyway, I found a great site called Punky Moms. Punky, like P-U-N-K-Y Moms. And it says, uh, kicking motherhood in the ass since 2002. Um, no place for competition, judgment, or girl hate. I love that, by the way. That is, that's what I'm talking about. I, I think that's kind of cool. So I, I'm on this site and ran like in the middle of the night one night and I randomly click on a link they had for podcasts they like and this show was on there, which I thought was really cool. Um, except they said Seri- serious questions for serious people. <laughs> like, I think it's I think you guys got the hook wrong. But regardless, it's still pretty cool to be mentioned um, on this website that I was randomly looking at. So there you go. Punky Moms, check it out. Yeah, I just I wish there were more of a place to go where women were a bit honest about feelings of uh, terror, anxiety, um, exhaustion of being a mom, and not just like you know everything's great. It's just it's challenging. Oh, it's just such a wonderful challenge being a mom. You're like no, I, you know I, I gotta tell you, caring for someone else's existence twenty four seven is fucking terrifying, exhausting. Um. It feels weird. I don't know why anyone thinks that that part of motherhood is completely rad. I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you love changing shitty diapers. Uh, I don't. I love my son. Believe me, I love him and I do it and I, I laugh as I do it. But I mean, if you isolate what you're doing, like, really, bro? So who's in love with this? Like, who, who's into that? Okay. Well, maybe I'm a bad mom. Maybe I'm a bad mom. Okay. I wanted to read this cool email I got. From Aaron. Um, he said, I don't recall the episode, but it addressed doing and procrastination. You gave the example of a 40 year old going back to college. Well, I'm a real life example if you need one. I would like to give you credit. You don't have to, but I was already in the process. I did some college when I was young, but lost interest. I can say going as an adult and having some direction is so much better and enjoyable. Well, fuck yeah, Aaron. Good for you, man. Uh, good for you. And I wish I could go back as a 40-year-old um, and redo some of the college stuff because, yeah, talk about going back when you actually have some life experience and being able to do that. That's so fucking cool. And I just wanted to to give you a shout-out for, for how cool I think that is. And for anyone else listening, listen to Aaron. Do it. Fuck it. Do it. Don't, don't t- listen to society tell you that you know, you're four, you're old, you're over the hill. All that stuff makes my asshole pucker. And, and when people, what are, what are you going to do? Don't you feel, someone asked me in an interview, oh, you're 40. Do you feel old? I go, I don't fucking care. I, I felt 40 when I was 12. So guess what? No, I don't give a shit. Um, so good for you, Aaron. And anyone else listening, do your thing. Who cares? It's, it's all society telling you what to do. And they don't, they, them, whoever they are, who, the Illuminati, the media, advertising, it's most likely the advertising industry just trying to sell you something. Uh, 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 oh, don't even, um, there you go. Don't listen. All right. This guy writes in, let's see. Hmm. Um, what do you think of swearing in front of your boy? (laughs) My wife and I, who I think are a lot like you and Tom, don't really make a big deal out of it. My oldest is almost five. She knows not to swear, but she also knows if she lets one slip, we aren't going to blow up about it. 
I'm only asking because some parents really make a big, big deal about it. <laughs> yeah, man. I know. Well, you know what, Rory, who wrote this, um, I remember when I was a kid, people made a big deal about swearing. And and some people are really uncomfortable with cursing now. And it's like, I don't, like, are you even a grown-up? <laughs> Why do you care? It's just a word. It's a word that signifies a something not even that vulgar. I mean, what's the worst word in English? Fuck and fuck is to have sex. And I guess in America, sex is vulgar. Um, <laughs> and in, in English, we don't even have that many horrible things. In Hungarian, it's like a litany of, you know, kurva ishtem basameg and, you know, God fucks you in your ass and your mother's a whore. And the, like way worse, man. English... <laughs> English has nothing. In the Latin countries, forget it. It's got to be about your mother. It has to be about fucking your mom and your mother, the, the whore and this and the putana. And the, you know, come on. It's nothing. It, it's all, it's all, it's all, uh, uh, you know, I honestly, my theory about people who don't, uh, who are offended by cursing is they're offended by life. They're offended by uh, bullshit things because they can't handle the truth in their own lives. Uh, I think they're they're hiding behind this ruse of what's obscene and what's not so that they can feel safe because the truth of the matter is their lives are falling apart in some capacity. They don't want to deal with that, so instead they're going to deal with me cursing. And they're going to get mad at me burping on the show or cursing on the show or saying something they feel is inappropriate so that way they don't have to deal with the fact that their wife fucking hates them and doesn't want to have sex with them or... Their job sucks and they hate their lives and they've made a lot of mistakes that they can't go back and fix. There you go. Uh, To answer your question, (laughs) I think we're going to have to curse in front of our boy because I don't have a a filter. This doesn't turn off once this microphone (laughs) turns off, unfortunately. Uh, But know this, know this, is, is that I have a lot of love in me and in my heart. And if I say something inappropriate. I don't, I don't know it. I don't mean it. I have no malice in my heart for, for anybody really, truly, truly, truly. And, uh, yeah, that's all words. Words are poor, poor expressors of how we feel, aren't they? They're limited. I wish I could just meld my mind to other minds and then we can all communicate that way because words are fucking terrible, terrible ways of communicating how we feel. Especially texts. God, forget it. Don't text message important things to people, guys. That is just terrible. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Oh, God, this is the best. Hold on, hold on. Oh, this is an interesting one. Here we go. Mm. Okay, this is from someone named Tracy. My mother has missed... Oh, she writes, I'm so sad to hear of your father missing out on your little guy's special day. Please don't let let that take away from joy. Absolutely not, Miss Thing. I had a wonderful, beautiful day, and uh, it was it was blessed and wonderful, but thank you for, uh, for saying that. She writes, My mother has missed most of my four-year-old special days, Ugh. yet still insists on bragging about him and what a great grandmother she is. <laughs> what a psycho. 
I blocked her on Facebook, but it has been brought to my attention that she has been posting flat out lies about him to friends and family. I'm so aggravated and there is nothing I can do. Like you, I pretty much regret my involvement in social media on a daily basis. (laughs) I often pine for my mom, except you are right. It's not really my mom that I miss. It's the idea of a mom. My mom sucks and always has. And for some reason, I thought my child would turn her into a better person. Clearly, I am an idiot and my mom has gone from bad mom to batshit crazy mom. You're not an idiot. You're just uh, an optimistic person who wished that things could be better. And it's actually very normal to think that maybe this time things will be different. (laughs) Uh, And Tracy writes, oh, and you know how convinced you are that parades are boring? Hilarious. Well, shit, yeah, they are. But when you take your little one and he beams and waves and smiles and laughs, they get a lot less boring. I promise. Hilarious. Thank you. (laughs) I got to do all that stuff, huh? Eventually, I got to take this kid out in the world more. So far, he's been to like Starbucks and restaurants. <laughs> I'm not quite there at parades. Fucking fuck. Eventually, man. Eventually. Uh, but yeah, important distinction. I agree, Tracy, that um, it's a huge distinction. And I, it's, it's not the parent that you want. It's the ideal parent that you want. And I think the sooner you acknowledge that maybe the parent you have is not the ideal uh and uh, you will never feel okay about it. I don't think so, or maybe you will. Uh, but deep down, it's it's always going to be a little fucked up, and that's okay. That's just that just is uh, that just is, and uh, and that's okay. <laughs> so there you go. Um, is that it? I think that's it, guys. Send me your emails at that's deep bro podcast at gmail dot com. That's deep bro podcast at gmail dot com. And there you go. Big, big, deep episode, guys. We got through that okay. I don't think I'm missing anything. No, I didn't. I covered it all. So, um, yeah, I hope you're having a killer week. Uh, go ahead and sit in your car and cry today if, if that's what you want to do. If not, enjoy it. Listen to your Shaka Khan. And um, always listen to uh, Dan Pena like I do, of course. What's he got to say about this? Oh, here he is. This is why you're fucking poor. Yep. Get your inspirations, bro, wherever you can. Listen to your Shaka Khan. <laughs> All right. I'll see you next week. Um, until then, it's been Deep Bros. Have a great week, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, I can never get this thing to work. Oh, my God. It just kills my soul. Hold on. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with Philosophize with Christina P, a.k.a. Miss Jeans This ain't your mom's house It's a different theme Gotta be critically thinking Like you caught up at a cocktail party Our thoughts start to sink in John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates Got us talking all properly, topically Just a comedian discussing these philosophies Serious questions, silly people What's that? That's tea, bro It is
is the ultimate metaphor for life. And you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.